Welcome to Expand Your Horizons, the podcast for English language teachers and wanderlust indulgers. I'm your host, Shannon Felt, teacher trainer, resource provider, and course creator for teachers around the world. In each episode, I'll share concrete strategies to help you sharpen your skills and become the very best teacher you can be. We're talking all things ELT, the most effective classroom practices, communicative methodology, and valuable tips for planning and teaching so you can help your students see real improvement in their language abilities. We'll also hear from language teachers and ELT professionals all over the globe who are making inspiring moves in our industry. So thanks for joining me. Here's to making this big world a little smaller by connecting ESL teachers everywhere. Hey teachers, welcome to this week's episode of Expand Your Horizons. In this episode, I want to take a little bit of time and focus on a word that I've been using and thinking about a lot lately, which is the word Tefelpreneur. So I I don't know if I've coined this word. I haven't heard anybody else use it, um, but I can't imagine that I'm the only person who has thought of it. So for the sake of this episode, (laughs) I guess I'll claim it. Um, But either way, this word Tefelpreneur has become an important one for me in a lot of ways that I'll get into in a moment. Uh, But first, let's define the word Tefelpreneur. So for me, a Tefelpreneur is obviously a combination of Tefel and entrepreneur. And so I consider it to be anybody who is in the English language teaching industry, an EFL or ESL teacher or trainer, combined with an entrepreneur. So essentially, anyone who is able to make money in this industry in some kind of freelance way, right? Not a full-time employee for another company. So this is an important word for me because as most of you have maybe experienced, we have a lot of pros. There are a lot of good things about teaching, teaching English, working in the English language teaching industry, but there are also some pretty significant drawbacks that I think are worth talking about. Um, And those drawbacks are things that I think this idea of Tefelpreneurship has kind of rectified in some really important ways. So to start with the pros, so I think good things, right, at least good things for me about working in the English language teaching industry, ELT. Um, Obviously, I love working with people from all around the world, and that is something that I've been very, very fortunate to get to do so far in my career, um, both by traveling physically and also now online, um, and connecting with students who've come to my classroom, either physical or virtual, from all over the world. Um, I love working with students. I love communicating with people. I love helping students really improve their English and reach their goals. And same for me with training. I love working with teachers from all over the world, right, helping them improve. It's a really tangible kind of experience to see teachers and students make progress from lesson to lesson and know that you're helping them become better at this really significant skill. So it's a very rewarding profession, as I know many of you have experienced and and that you would agree with that also. But there are some drawbacks to this industry that are difficult to deal with at times. Um, So first of all, I've experienced this, and maybe you have as well. Oftentimes, teachers we come into this profession because we're interested in traveling and in exploring the world and experiencing different cultures and meeting different people. And then we end up being tied to whatever location we can find work in. So essentially we end up in one place because that's where the language school is. And if we want to move or go somewhere else, 
we have to find another language school or another place that will hire us so that we have a reason to go to that place. So that was definitely a drawback that I've experienced. Um, In a lot of my teaching career, my schedule hasn't really felt like my own. Again, I got into this profession because I loved teaching, but also because I wanted to do some traveling and exploring. And then I ended up working a ton of hours, right? I had a schedule that was pretty much set by whatever classes the language school was offering or the teacher training center was offering where I worked. And if I didn't want to adhere to that schedule, then... I didn't have work for that semester or that term or whatever it was. So I've heard the same thing from a lot of other teachers as well that, you know, they're they're very dependent on whatever the language school can offer them. Um, and then again, I had to kind of take what I could get. So even though, for example, teaching business English wasn't my favorite, if that's what kind of courses the language school had available for me to teach at that time, I had the option of either teaching business English or not teaching anything at all and not making as much money that month. So that led to a cap on my income. There was this limit of what I could make because I was being paid an hourly wage and I could only work so many hours in a day or in a week, and I could only find so many hours of work offered by my language school um, or students on my own that I could find. And so there was always this kind of ceiling on how much I could earn as well, because eventually I would max out the amount of time that I was able to teach and prep per week. And so that was as much as I could make. And even when I did start to get promoted in my industry, when I got more training, When I became a trainer, uh, when I became the director of teacher training, what started to happen, as I know some of you have experienced, is that the higher up you go, yes, you start to make more money, but you also do a lot less of what you love, which is teaching or training, and you start doing a lot more admin, right? Desk work, which is not what many of us got into this field to do. So sort of the higher up you go, the less you actually get to do what you really want to do, which is unfortunate. If you're like me, you probably got into this field because you have this kind of adventurous, curious spirit, right? Like when you looked ahead at your life and you envisioned what you would be doing, a traditional desk job or office job probably isn't what you pictured. Um, So a lot of us, you know, in some sense, we're kind of free spirits or maybe explorers. And maybe I'm romanticizing that a little bit, but that's what I've heard from a lot of the teachers and the trainers that I've talked to and worked with. Um, is that I think we have this in common. You know, we all we all kind of are explorers in some sense, whether that's wanting to travel the world or whether that's wanting to stay in the same place, but, you know, meeting all different kinds of people from all over the world who come into our classrooms and who we get to connect with. So ironically, many of us come into the industry like that, right, with this adventurous explorer spirit, because we love this idea of traveling or meeting people from other cultures and using language to build bridges of communication. And then after a while or very soon, we find ourselves a bit trapped in one way or another, either by location, right? We have to stay wherever we can find work or go wherever we can find work. We don't really have a choice. Um, Or maybe we feel a bit trapped by money. We don't really earn enough to be able to travel without working super, super long hours or maybe at multiple schools to make ends meet, and then we don't have time to travel. 
Or even if we have the money and we have the freedom of location, our schedule doesn't really allow. We can't just take time off whenever we want to. We don't get two weeks or four weeks of paid vacation in most cases, uh, like people do at many bigger companies or in office jobs. And so we end up kind of in the opposite, the exact opposite situation of what we envisioned. We still get to teach or train, which we love doing, but we don't really get this ideal lifestyle, right, that we pictured. We don't really get to indulge our adventurous spirit and experience life and other cultures and other places the way that we really want to. So even when I was an in-person teacher, I thought about this a lot. And I often thought, you know, if I could if I could somehow teach more on my own, if I could do more freelance teaching, and I was, to be fair, I was doing some, some one-on-one freelance teaching. When I taught abroad, uh, when I taught in Budapest for years, I taught group classes for a language school, but I also advertised my own private lessons. And, and by the time I left four years later, I had a pretty big network of one-on-one students that would just come and have English lessons with me at my kitchen table. Um, But again, there was still a cap, right, on how many private lessons I could teach during a week before I was just maxed out in terms of time. Um, And obviously, I wasn't going to charge hundreds of dollars per hour. Like there was a bit of a cap on how much I could reasonably charge per lesson and have students actually still want to work with me. Um, So there was still this cap, right? And so I often thought, you know, if only I could advertise my own group classes I could cut out the middleman. I could be working with 10 students per hour, right, in a group class or more versus just one student per hour in private lessons. And I would I would be able to charge less for the students. I would make more money and it would really help me kind of maximize my time. But the obstacle was always that I didn't have a place for this. I couldn't bring 10 or 15 students to my apartment and have classes at my kitchen table. That wouldn't work. And I didn't have the startup money, obviously, to open my own language school um, or even rent out a space and actually have that make sense in terms of making any sort of profit on that situation. So that's where online teaching really changed everything. And I didn't even realize it at first. When I first started teaching online, I was kind of seeing it as a means to an end, like a a workaround because of the pandemic, because this was the only option. But then very quickly, I realized how much this changed the whole situation. Suddenly, every teacher had their own virtual classroom. Teachers didn't have to think about where they could find work what space they could use to teach. They didn't have to worry about how many students they could fit right in around their kitchen table. Um, They all had this virtual space that they could use and invite students to whenever they wanted. Um, And it didn't just stop there, right? There were other opportunities. Students could participate in asynchronous classes. Teachers could develop these self-study courses that they could market and sell online. They could develop other digital products. They could share materials very easily. Social media became a place where students could go and start learning from teachers and connecting with teachers. So the possibilities really are endless when you think about what you can do as an online freelance teacher. So that's where Tefalpreneurship or being a Tefalpreneur, I think really comes into play and why I've been thinking so much about it, because it has absolutely changed the way that I teach and honestly, the way that I live my life. It's made me location independent. 
Um, It means that there isn't really a cap on my income as long as I can be creative with how I spend my time and and what kind of services and products I market. Um, And it's really given me that freedom that I was looking for in the first place while still allowing me to do what I really love, which is teaching and training. So if you're thinking about all of this, don't panic. I think it's really easy to get overwhelmed thinking about what you might picture at first as a you know thriving online business or what it means to be an entrepreneur, that you need to have a perfect website or you need tons of followers, right? You need these really polished, perfect products with a marketing team or lots of fancy equipment. It's easy to think that if you don't have all of that, then you don't technically qualify or you don't have the right to be an entrepreneur or a Tefilpreneur. So that alone intimidates a lot of teachers, and because of that, they end up not even starting. When really, if you go step by step, it doesn't have to be that hard, it doesn't have to be that complicated, and there really aren't any barriers to entry. So all you really need to be a Tefilpreneur, you just need an offer, right, something to sell, and a buyer, Or in other words, a student, someone who is willing to pay you for that lesson or service or uh, digital English language teaching product that you're selling. That's it. If you have one thing to sell and one person to buy it, to me, that means you are an entrepreneur or in this context, a Tefilpreneur. So if we break that down a little bit, obviously to have that offer You need some skills in English language teaching. You need to know what you're doing as a teacher, or at least you need an idea and a way to execute that idea. So you need to have something that you want to offer to your students, whether that's in-person, excuse me, not in-person, but whether that's live lessons, you know, via Zoom or Skype or a live group class online um, or a self-study course online right? Or a a digital book or other kind of product. You need something that you can offer, and then you need some sort of organization of how you're going to get that done. How will you uh, price your group class? What will the schedule be? Um, How will you design the, the book that you're creating for your students? You don't need to be the very best at what you do. You don't need to feel like you're the absolute expert at it. You just need to be one step ahead, at least, uh, of your students, or in other words, your clients. You just need to know more than they do. Because guaranteed, if you are already a teacher of English, you know more than somebody. You know more than the students who would learn from you. So even if you don't know more than every single other person in the industry, that's okay. You don't need to. You just need to know more than the people that you are selling to or the people that you are teaching. You also don't need to be the only person offering what you offer. So even if someone else is also offering a group class or private lessons or business English classes or exam prep classes, it's okay if there's more than one teacher out there offering the same thing. Because even if it's been done before, guaranteed it hasn't been done exactly the way that you will do it. Right? Maybe the way that you present the information, the particular way that you're able to deliver that information or teach that particular subject, maybe that's exactly the way that a certain student needs to hear it in order for it to really sink in. So that uniqueness that you have is your superpower in that sense, that no one does it exactly the way you do, and so that makes it valuable. So that's a little bit more about the offer. For a buyer, obviously you need a way to market your offer and reach students who might want to buy it. 
no one will buy your offer if you can't get it out there, right? In order for a student to want to buy the the lessons or the digital product that you're offering, they have to know about it. So that takes a little bit of courage. You need to be able to put yourself out there, whether it's on social media, sending emails, posting flyers at the local library, whatever it is, you need to take those proactive steps to show students, hey, I have something that you might want. No matter who you are, I think it's really easy for self-doubt to creep in at that point. It's really easy to say, who am I to think that I can sell this service? Or who would want to learn from me, right, when they could learn from anybody else out there? I still have those doubts every single day at Tefl Horizons, and it's something that you just have to accept and ignore, right? Hear it, invite it in, say, I understand that this is a normal way to feel, and I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm going to ignore that self-doubt, and I'm going to do this anyway because I deserve to. And because somewhere out there, there's a student who wants exactly what I would offer, and it's my responsibility to make sure that they know about it. So even if other teachers are already doing what you're doing, don't let that stop you because they aren't necessarily reaching the same students as you are, right? They might be on other platforms. They might be connecting with different students than the students that you could connect to if only they knew that you existed. So all of that to say, if this is something that you're interested in, if you're interested in learning more about how to be a TEFLpreneur, Um, There is a conference, an online ELT virtual conference coming up. So at the time of recording, um, it's going to be in about 10 days. It starts September 16th. That's a Friday and it goes through Sunday the 18th, 2022. Um, The recording that will be available through October 16th of 2022. So for about a month afterwards. So even if you're listening and you've already missed the live event, you still have about a month to check out the recording. And if you're listening completely after the fact, don't worry, because this should hopefully be a regular thing. So just stay tuned for future events at tefelhorizons.com. But if you're listening before September 16th, you can go ahead and register at tefelhorizons slash, excuse me, tefelhorizons.com slash conference. Um, I have an amazing lineup of presenters who are really excited to share all of the wisdom that they have. Um, They're all Tefalpreneurs, of course, online Tefalpreneurs. So we have people, um, presenters leading workshops on everything from building an Instagram following and how one presenter in particular has built a following of up to more than, excuse me, 30,000 students. Um, And she has used her Instagram account to really successfully market her exam preparation courses and materials. There is another presenter who actually started his own virtual language school and based his curriculum on essentially gamification. So he created a curriculum that was sort of like a choose-your-own-adventure project-based curriculum for business English students. So he's presenting on how to make that kind of curriculum, how to make make basically your your, um, classes feel like an escape room (laughs) for your students to keep them really engaged and make sure it's really practical. Uh, We have teachers who have done self-study courses and been successful that way, who have um, even published books on Amazon. One of the presenters just published her first book and is selling that. So a really incredible lineup of speakers, and you'll learn a lot more about TEFLpreneurship. Um, So TEFLhorizons.com slash conference, or just TEFLhorizons.com if it's after the fact and you want to stay tuned for upcoming future events. 
Either way, the take-home message of this episode is that you, whoever you are, if you are interested in making more money, more impact as a freelance teacher, definitely go for it. Whatever's been holding you back, you can and should do it if that's what you want to do. All right, everybody. So that's it for this episode. See you next week. Thanks again for joining me. Feel free to leave a comment on this episode or reach out to me directly at info at and let me know what you want to hear in upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and take a few seconds to leave a quick review. It helps so much in getting the word out there. And of course, if you know other teachers or travelers, I'd love for you to share this with them too. Stay tuned for the next episode. And until then, head to tefelhorizons.com for more resources and teaching tips. Let's keep making this big world smaller by expanding horizons. Horizons.